0: in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Turn with me to Philippians. Let's just see. We're just we're just uh, uh, flying in this series right now about the life of excellence. This is number six, and uh, it could end tonight. It could go for, for weeks. I'll tell you about a pastor friend of mine in Odessa, Texas. When we were uh, first in the ministry, Philippians chapter 3, when we were first in the ministry, uh, Pastor Don started a series on Proverbs. Y'all know there's 31 books in Proverbs, and there's a whole hunk of verses in every single chapter. Well, he just, he just would plant himself on Wednesday night, and he might get five verses, or he might get one, and he might come back and do the one again the next week. And they, they kidded about a truck that pulled up in the parking lot one time. They said, oh, that truck, that's, that's the cassette masters for his Proverbs series because <laughs> it went for years. Well, doggone, I got on the line the other day, and he, that was back in 1980, 83 or 84, something like that. He, he, he didn't burn his notes. He's back on it again. <laughs> Either that or he's never finished it. I'm not sure. Hallelujah. So, you know, we just, we need, we need wisdom. Amen. Look in, look in this. We're talking about um, the life of excellence and what we've got to do. And you understand, this is a concept. I'm not teaching you, you know, step one, two, and three. We're not, we're not going like, oh, how do you get this? This is something that you have to, uh, you have to ease your life into. And say, I want that. It doesn't come from someone preaching on it. It's is one of those things that's, that's, uh, uh, that you've got to catch. It's got to be planted in you. And so what we're doing is we're, we're climbing this mountain, and we're, we're climbing it from so many different angles that eventually you're going to see it. You're going to catch I can't tell you how many times I've been in a series uh, week after week after week, and someone come up on the sixth week and go, you know, I've been in a fog for five weeks. What are you doing? But tonight I saw it, or today I I caught it. And so we're just going to approach it from so many angles that eventually the Holy Ghost will catch you right where it'll fit, and you'll go, that's me, and I'm on it. That's what we're doing. You go, you know, I got it the first week. Well, just, just be patient. You may not have got everything you think there is. I'm still learning on this for sure, to, have, uh, to not have an American dream. That's what we've settled for, is to have the American dream. Well, I'm telling you, it's falling all over itself right now. Fannie Mae and Jimmy Mack and, 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 and Bobby John, what all those, you know, the housing things and the, and the great uh, the pensions you get and the great retirement and the, you know, none of that is on the table anymore. Y'all understand? It, it is now raw and real. We've been living in the faith of our forefathers, our forefathers, our founding fathers, have set a residue by what they put in our constitution and in our in our laws, and it 's been chipped away until finally we 're getting down to uh, we've been experiencing the the uh, the fruit of what the seeds have been sown from this generation or the generation before, but there 's still a residue here you know just go overseas and you will kiss. You will kiss this good American soil when you come back, no matter how uh, negative you might be when you left. You will say, This is God's place. But nevertheless, we can't be lulled anymore, even by the sense of the American dream. I'm just going to do it the American way. Praise God for America, but it's got to be God's way. And we've been shaken out of that. Wake up. It's not the American dream, there's no guarantees. Knew a man that had been working, and he was uh, just uh, eight months away from his pension. You know, he'd been there for 30 years, and I don't know how they did it, but they cut him loose eight months before so they wouldn't have to, wouldn't have to pay him off. And you go, that's not fair. That's wrong. It's wrong. But it was a company, and they just did it, and he was out. And, you know, if you, got, you and I got to get in faith. There are no, there's nothing out there that will hold you together, not even your hard work, not even your, uh, your investments, not even whatever. You've got to put your faith in this right here. And you, your investments may come out and your hard work may come out, but it'll be because you had this underneath all of that. That stuff won't work by itself anymore you got to put your character in the in, in, and be formed and shaped in him and set your dream that says, Lord, I will have an excellent life because Jesus is in me, not because I'm an American, not because I'm a certain race or a certain gender or a certain, you know, my family was rich or whatever. It's all because of him. You could lose it all, but in him, no matter what happens, you'll have it. So uh, we've got to get the 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 good life out of our life and put the excellent life in. I've told you that good is the enemy of best. We stop before we get to the best because we're satisfied with uh, good. And this is the thing. We read the Scripture the other day in uh, Ephesians that talks about how the church has been set as God's instrument in the earth to hold or to proclaim the manifold wisdom of God. Nobody has it like we do. And we are indeed the foolish things that will confound the wise because uh, the church members have been despised by the world. For our silliness and our, 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 our faithfulness and our beliefs and our, you know, we're anti-evolution and we're anti-gay and we're anti-abortion and all those things that the world discounts and says, you know, we're behind. Those are the things that have demonstrated the wisdom of God. And, and we've been, the devil's trying to push us off and make us more uh, politically correct and more uh, ex- more accessible to the world. But you got to stay, honey, you got to stay tight. Though the winds blow, you've got to hold on tight to the Word of God and what He's called you to do because in Him, everything will turn out amazing. Yeah. But I'm telling you, you'll lose, you'll lose it at the last minute when you thought you had it made without Him. The devil is a really mean and a really bad devil. You all agree with that? So uh, my thing, this is my thinking, and I know it's radical. I know that it's, it's not applicable in the natural sense, but it's a place to go. I say that we shouldn't be updated by going to heaven. I say that heaven shouldn't be an update. I say we ought to step over. And it ought to be days of heaven on earth and then days of heaven in heaven, and there shouldn't be that much difference. I know we've sung about the little cabin and the old poor me and the suffering and the pilgrims and all the things about how it's so hard down here and true, but God... I know there's suffering, but there's a faith that makes it where, where Paul said, I have learned to have a good attitude, whether it's suffering or whether it's, whether it's fun, party time or hard time. It, it seems like suffering, but, I, you know, I'm so blessed, I've already said I'll die for him. So what can they do to me? Days of heaven on earth is what God has proclaimed for you. And, but you can't get there in your head. You have to, you have to ease off. And let the Word of God work with you and work with you until finally you drive poverty out. I was raised in poverty. Now, a lot of people would say, that wasn't poverty. You ought to have been where I was, and they would be true. I wasn't raised in, 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 in uh, financial lack, but there was the spirit of it. We just happened <laughs> happen to be on the high side of it, but the same spirit was working there, and it was just as oppressive and just as passed down as if we didn't have shoes. But you understand, I'm, don't, you know, if my folks ever come here, don't look at them and say, well, poor y'all, you know, you, you had dirt floors. That's not it at all. I'm not saying that. I'm just saying that my family came from that, and yet right now they're seemingly very prosperous. All of our families are doing very well. But I'm not going to get mine the way they got theirs. <laughs> you understand? I am. <laughs> that's another story. I'm just saying. Days of heaven here on earth is God's plan for your life, and you've got to get that chipped out of your life, and then you've got to let God put visions of His plan in your life. Uh, George Pearson's was on uh, on uh, the Believer's Voice of Victory, and he talked about the other day about how the economy of the kingdom of God is not going through a hard time. That There is just, God's got it. He, he, You know, gold hadn't fallen in heaven, and so we haven't. We are in that economy. If you're a tither, are you here tonight? If you're a tither, you're as connected as any believer that has ever been connected. You're as connected as Jesus, the Lord Jesus Christ. And I'm telling you, We got it made. It's right. So uh, I say that sickness is totally defeated. Let's go ahead and set the standard. You may say it's not working there in your life, but the standard that God has for the life of excellence is that that sickness is totally defeated. I say that my job is my ministry, not my source. Say, my job job is not my source. source. Oh, we got to say that better. My My job is not... My source. My source. Now you can go to work and you should go to work, but it's your ministry. It's you get your seed at work, but you don't get your life at work. And you got to think right. I mean, or you'll give your life to your work. And they won't give you anything. My children, your children, listen to me, are your disciples, not your gods. Now, y'all, we got to all wake up. Grown children, little children, wherever you are going to have children, you gotta get, we have to get every relationship in order. And you cannot check out for 18 years and raise kids and say, God, I'll be back as soon as I get them raised. It doesn't work that way. It doesn't even work that way. Because you, you can't cut them loose at 18 and just turn off the switch and say, well, that's yeah, over. I'm going to go on a crusade for God. You have to develop this from the beginning. You ought to raise your kid, but they are your disciples. And you cannot check out of the kingdom of God to raise kids. They're supposed to be a blessing. They're supposed to be something, uh, the the reward from heaven, not something that knocks you out of serving and blessing and being a part. Look in Philippians chapter four if you would. Hallelujah! Before we get fired up, chapter three. Excuse me, chapter three. Let's just start. We, we, there's no place to start, but we'll start in verse seven. Paul is in a uh, is in a siloquy here, and he, he's be, he's beginning to testify. Uh, about his commitment. He says, but what things were gained to me, those things I counted lost for Christ. And just before that, he's talking about, he said, if anybody should have an excuse to uh, depend on the flesh, it would be me. I was a Hebrew in the right tribe, a Pharisee. You know, I was everything that anybody wanted to be. He said, but I give it all up. I count it as nothing. In another place, he says, I count it as dung for the cause of Christ. So he, here he is. He's setting himself. self. He's, he's positioning his life and saying, I didn't get it from the world, and I'm not going to live it for the world. Y'all, I've got you on Wednesday night here at this church, and we must change our mind. You may not, but you should. You should all, all of us, me, Debbie, everybody in here, we should all be changing our mind to get ourselves where we think like we should, think like what we've been created for. And we are bought with a price. Say, I am am bought with a price. price. And then he goes on in verse, uh, it's still there in verse uh, verse 8, yet doubtless, yea doubtless, and I count all things but loss for the excellency... Of the knowledge of Christ Jesus my Lord, for whom I've suffered the loss of all things, and do count them but dung, that I may win Christ, and be found in Him, not having mine own righteousness, which is of the law, but that which is through the faith of Christ, the righteousness which is of God, by faith, that I may know Him and the power of His resurrection. You see, He said, I'm giving it all up because if I don't give it up, I won't know Him and the power of His resurrection. Y'all, we hadn't been behind the veil to see the power of His resurrection. These hands can raise the dead. Raise your hands up with me. Say, these hands are dead raising hands. There's power in these hands. There's resurrection life in these hands. These hands have more power than death. Now, you just got to know that's a place that you that you don't just quote it, you don't just uh, mimic it, but that it's, it's who you are when you get up in the morning. And the devil says, uh-oh, she's up. Amen? And he goes on in verse... Eleven, if by any means I might attain unto the resurrection of the dead, not as though I had already attained, either were already perfect, but I follow after, if that I may apprehend that for which I am apprehended of Christ Jesus. Now, verse 13, brethren, I count not myself to have apprehended, but this one thing I do. Now, y'all, that's got to be important. Forgetting those things which are behind and reaching forth unto those things which are before, I press toward the mark for the prize of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. Let us therefore, as many as be perfect, you know we've been looking at that word perfect, that word that means complete and mature and fulfilled and accomplished. He said there, uh, I pr- uh, let us therefore as many as be perfect be thus minded. The word thus minded means to be single minded, to be, to be uh, uh, agitated or to rise up and to, to take off after something that I might be thus minded, and if anything ye be otherwise minded, God should reveal even this unto you. Look that up for me. darling. in the... No? This new living. I want to read, I want to read something out of that. Um, he, in, verse, uh, in verse 8, let's look in verse 8 just for a moment. He said, I count all things but loss for the excellency of the knowledge of Jesus Christ. That word excellency... Because that's who that's, that's the standard that you've been said to do. If you go to work for a job, if they hire you and say, Honey, come in here. We're going to tell you what we want you to do. We want you to dress this way. We want you to. Uh, we want you to uh, uh, to come looking this way. When you uh, when you do this, we want you to say this on the telephone. If you send out a letter, we want it to be written this way. Isn't that what they do? They they have standards. They don't want you just writing a business letter to the CEO saying how are y'all doing over there in New York. You know they want it, Well, they want it lined out and and right. Uh, they want you taking breaks at a certain time. Everything's lined out to the excellency of that company. And that word their excellency, means standing out, risen above. It means supreme. That's what's inside of you. We're talking about what's inside of you and that God's exacting or asking you to bring back to him what he put in you. Now, there's a great blockade. There's a great barricade called our soul, our unrenewed mind, that wants to change it. We don't even know what's in us except by faith. It means superior. It means better than. It means it means surpassing. He said, "So I count all things but loss for the excellency of the knowledge of my Lord Jesus Christ." And in verse fourteen, he said, "I press toward the mark." And that word "mark" is just a word that uh, it means goal. But he said, "I press." It means to pursue. You know, there's some things that you and I are pursuing in our life, but I dare say, you know, certainly not wanting to, to uh, accuse, but I dare say there's not many Christians out there that are in hot pursuit, hot pursuit, uh, just a, a consuming and overwhelming pursuit, a seeking out, a digging out, a, a putting off in order to put in pursuit of the, of the mark of the high calling. And yet he said, that's what I do so that I can know the power of his resurrection. You know, a lot of times we just want the power. We just want the finances. We want things to work out. But there's got to be a corresponding action on our part, out of our heart, that says, I'm, I'm in you, you're in me, and we're going to move in this thing together. Now, you can't talk to most people in the church about this. It's just, whew, and it may be going over your head tonight. But I tell you, we ought to preach The word, we ought to set the standard and let people decide, I will or I won't. We ought to not assume, well, they can't and they won't. We ought to set the mark out there, whatever the word is, and say, there it is. If you can go for it, you ought to. If you can't, well, you ought to just put it on the shelf until you get the mind to do it. Amen? It stirs us all up to say, can I do that? What will it cost me? What will it require? It will require everything up front. You have to sell out. you got to just say, I'm going for it. Now, once your faith kicks in, once your, uh, your life gets where you're joined into that, of course the anointing will come on you, the favor of God will come on you, the grace of God will consume you, and what you thought would be so hard and the price is too big, you'll just flow right through that. But up front, you can't say, well, Lord, if it's easy, I'll go. you got to say, Lord, it's all on the line. You got that? Um, okay. Um, yeah. Yeah, that's it. That's it. Yeah, go ahead and read that. I strain to reach the end of the race yes. and receive the prize for which God, through Christ Jesus, is calling us up to heaven. That's it. I strain. I press. So, you know, here's, here's what it is. It's not like I don't want to strain. You're going to strain. If you don't strain for the kingdom, you'll be straining in the world. It, it's not like either or. It's which one. I mean, it's not do I strain or not strain, it's which one. So we just well, we just well sell out, come to terms, come to the identification of what happened at the new birth. The God of the universe, almighty God, came inside of a man to live and to take over. We see the outside, we see the failures, we know our own thoughts and we go, there ain't no way that happened. This is anything but powerful. This is anything but victorious. This is anything but winning, but that's not the truth. It is maybe for up here, but it's not for down here. You can put a thousand dollar vase next to a clay pot, and, and you know it doesn't make the thousand dollar vase any less because it's sitting there. And so sometimes our head will tell us who we are, but it's not true. In Jesus Christ, we've been made. We've made, been made of Him. And everything, everything is powerful inside of us. Amen. So it's, it's just a schooling thing. You go to school, you send your kids to school and say, go learn what you don't know. And we're in school. The biggest situation that you and I face is that we went, already went to the world school, and so we're having to undo what we did learn in order to relearn. Wouldn't it be fine if you could take your little children and just school them from the beginning and teach them one time? Because you know if you hear one bad thing about a person, then 99 people come by and say, that's the finest man I know. You doubt all 99 of them because of that first word. And on the other hand, if you hear somebody, they are fine, and 99 other people come by and criticize them, you'll cast all of them off because the first word has the preeminence. We've got to put this word in first, amen? Hallelujah. So, um, in Second um, Peter chapter 1, would you turn there with me? 2 Peter. We're talking about the life of excellence. We're talking about setting the mark higher. We're talking about getting off, getting our hope away from natural routines and experiences getting them out of the pattern and the and the 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 method of this world and putting our expectation totally in the Lord. And I'm telling you that's where miracles flow. That's where miracles happen. It's not because you say, well I'm gonna live in the world and if the Lord wants to bless me, he can. That's not how he works. He blesses you when he can. I'll tell you the Lord is doing everything. Listen, listen, he's doing everything he can to bless your life with what you're giving him. He is filling the capacity of your your willingness to receive him. He's filling it every crack and every crevice. He's not saying, you know, that's not a good attitude. I'm withholding everything Everything that he can bless you with. He is sending it ahead of your life. So if we stretch out a little bit, he comes in there, he breathes in there, and he begins to fill your life saying, I'm going to bless that. That attitude, that perspective, that faith... That, that uh, refusal to doubt, that, uh, that turning on the world's attitudes, I can bless that. And I'm telling you, that's when it happens. Amen. Second Peter chapter 1, praise God, verse 10. It says, wherefore the rather. We're talking about ministry now because a lot of people raised their hands Sunday morning and said, I'm called to the ministry. I tell you, I, didn't, I, I don't know who you were. You say, well, I raised my hand in front of you. You know, I I didn't see anybody. I saw all these hands, but I didn't look at anybody. So you go like, oh, no, he's coming after me. I raised my hand, and he's going to sign me up. The Lord's got to do it because I didn't see you. But I'm telling you, there was hands all over this house saying, I'm called to full-time ministry. Are you all here? And so if that's true, if it wasn't an emotional thing, If you weren't putting your, you know, your name in the pot for the $10,000 drawing, you were really genuine before God, we've got to get some things rolling here. It says in verse 10, wherefore the rather brethren give diligence, give diligence, talking about excellence, give diligence to make your calling and election sure. Look, look, for if ye do these things, ye shall never fail. You think there's some power in saying yes to Jesus? You think there's some, there's some anointing and allotment that comes from signing up and saying, Lord, here am I, use me, send me. It says in verse 11, for so, talking about making your calling and election sure, for so an entrance shall be ministered unto you abundantly into the everlasting kingdom of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. There's some things that are easy to do that we've not been doing and there's things that are hard and arduous out there in the world, and we've been concentrating and focusing and, and giving ourselves to it. In other words, majoring on the minors. The key is, you know what the key is, to keep the main thing the main thing. The main thing is to keep the main thing the main thing. And all of us, that's all we that we get up every morning going, what is the priority for this day? I can't do it all. I can't, I can't handle it all. What comes first? I am famous for getting distracted. I don't know about y'all. But at the end of the day, if you didn't get all the main things done, you know there was enough time to do all that you had in him. And if you didn't get it done, you just know I was distracted. I didn't focus. I didn't I didn't make it clear to myself. This is how we're going down the path. Amen? Um, the troubles of this life, all the situations and troubles of this life, why do they come? They all come From not pursuing, not demanding a demonstration of who we are on the inside. The word says, as he is, so are we in the world. So anytime we don't demand what's inside of us to be the demonstration, we have troubles. When we let sickness come, are y'all here? We don't demand that and just say, I felt that, I refuse it. I refuse that. Or when lack comes and we go, oh my word, where'd that bill come from? What are we gonna do? How's it gonna happen? We just let our mouth just roll out instead of saying, "Well, I'm a tither. This is good. The IRS gets you get a letter from the IRS in the mail, and you just you know you you can see you see people just wail and cry from the from the mailbox to the house, assuming, assuming, oh this is terrible. Instead of saying, "Bless God, a refund is here." Expectation. Amen? So we, that has to come. That comes from taking stuff out of our mind and putting stuff in our mind, renewing our mind with the Word, and dealing with fears, dealing with experiences, dealing with people that have hurt us. So there's rejection, there's, a, there's a, 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 a trying to please people, all those things that are in our soul, we have to get them out and deal with them. Y'all ever listen to Joyce Meyer? She's, she is a, she's a 75,000-volume book of how to deal with these things and how to, you know, she never ends. I, the woman must be 400 years old. There's no way you could live all she lives in just that short time. But you have a story to tell. You have a life, and you've got to get past it in order to bring it to somebody else. It's not about just getting us fixed. It's about us being fixed so we can go help somebody. The Lord has invested in us, and He wants us to go out and be an investment in His kingdom. In, uh, in, in the people that raised their hands Sunday morning, or should have, you just have to know that God has an expectation based on something before that day that you and I are to attend to. In other words, he doesn't just going to call you up one day and say, listen, I got a spot in Ecuador that's, that I need you in. Can you be there in, in April? Well, Lord, I, you know, I didn't know this was coming. You know there's something that he's talking to every one of us about, of getting our life moved from where it is to where it's going to be. Are you all here? We, that we don't raise our kids that way. We don't do anything that way. We do everything progressively. So the Bible says in Matthew 25, he said, well done thou good and faithful servant. Thou hast been faithful over a few things. I will make you ruler over many things. So it starts right now. And I'm talking to the choir, of course. I'm, you know, I'm not, but I'm just telling you, if you're on track, stay on track. And if you need an adjustment, make the adjustment. It starts now start ministering now. You know, our nursery, we hadn't had any babies in a while, but the nursery, we used to go back there and they would, it wasn't just like, stay away from me, stay over on your side or whatever. They would take those kids and, and Leanne would, you know, put the mirror in front of them and say, this is God's creation. This is God's little man. And, and talk to him about the Bible, ministering to little bitty, bitty guys. Every age, every place has got a place for God to come into. So that's what you're called to do. Find a ministry. Find something to give yourself to. Amen? It says in, uh, in uh, uh, Matthew 6:33, seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. So money follows ministry. Listen, if you wait on money to minister, you'll wait too long because money follows ministry. Say it with me. Money follows ministry. Seek first the kingdom. All these things shall be added. What things? All the things you need. So money follows ministry. Turn with me to Romans, if you would. Romans chapter 13. Praise God. Now, you came to get stirred up tonight, didn't you? You came to, to hear the truth, and you know, I, we could give you a test. Is this the truth or not the truth? Everybody in here would pass this test, But it's not a matter of knowing it in your head. It's a matter of having it written on your heart because it's your heart that's going to save you or sink you. So we just paint it and paint it and paint it on our heart. It says in chapter 13 of Romans, verse 14, it says, but put ye on the Lord Jesus Christ. Point to yourself right now with me and let's say it together. Put ye on the Lord Jesus Christ. He goes on there and he says, and make no provision for the flesh to fulfill the lust thereof. The flesh is the enemy. The flesh is the one that says, let's eat ice cream and sit down and watch TV. He says it every time to all of us. <laughs> I'm telling you that ice cream and that, that popcorn's good, isn't it, Miss Gail? <laughs> Hallelujah. You know, we've all got our little deal, it says. This is how my flesh, how it likes to laxivate. It's, this is it right here. But he said... And 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 popcorn and ice cream is not bad in itself, but you gotta put on put on the Lord Jesus. Well, see, all of us, everybody, says I'm going to, but there is no tomorrow in the life of faith. It's got to happen today. I gotta put Him on now. I gotta I gotta deal with stuff today. There's other things that I can't deal with in my life, but I have to deal with what I can today. Before I can even get to those things that I can't deal with yet, that I either don't know about them or I'm not tough enough for them. So I, you know, okay, so you got this in your life that's terrible, that's raging, that's just way bad. Okay, forget that. What can you deal with right now? Well, I can brush my teeth every day. We're so glad. (laughs) We're all glad. We all put on the Lord Jesus Christ. So you read the word every day, you pray every day, then you step up and go to church, whatever it is. So uh, the li- putting on Jesus is daily. The life of excellence is daily. It's not something you do on big excellence weekend. The life of excellence is something we grow into progressively by putting him on daily. So what are you doing, you ministers? That would be everybody in here. What are you doing to put on the Lord Jesus for ministry? If you're called into the ministry, in other words, if, if someone asks you that and, and you respond, I am, then you need to know that the next morning there's got to be something in here that says that I will prepare myself for what I've acknowledged is in me. Make my calling and election sure, well, I've got to study the Word. I've got to go into the jail. Oh two places you can go to get yourself strong is children's church. You'll never be stronger than when you go. He said, ah, that's a piece of cake. You just go to children's church, and we'll drag you out with a rope because you can't walk out. (laughs) Yeah, we'll pull you out. They'll ask you questions you never thought you'd have to answer. And the other place is the jail, because they'll say things that you, you know, I had a man in there, and I was telling him about the goodness of God, and this man, he told me, you are a liar. This is not true. I said, No, God wants to bless you. And it's the goodness of God that leads men to repentance. He said, No, God smacks us to make us change. And he just went through the whole tirade. Well, you just find out what's inside. It wasn't him that bothered me, it was what was inside to answer that. And you think you know until you have to answer someone that's speaking with a real body and a real mouth and a real devil. So you'll get strong in there because he was asking questions that y'all don't ask. Nobody in here ever raises their hand and says, I think that's not true. Y'all just take it. Hallelujah. But he didn't, he wasn't taking it. Hallelujah. Um, one last scripture, and this this is in Ephesians. Ephesians chapter three. And we'll quit with this. The Lord wants you and I, and this is this is where I believe the Lord wants us to go tonight. He wants you to have a life of excellence in our families. I'm not even necessarily talking about husband and wife and children because that, was, that's, that doesn't hit everybody. But there is a family issue, not just in the blood relative that we live with or that we, uh, that we know, but also the family of God. We, we've got to get around in the sense of, 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 uh, of the kingdom of God. We have to assimilate each other. Now, no doubt, y'all weren't picked by lottery. In other words, you didn't get a lottery ticket and say, okay, your church, word of life, okay, where's that? I'm going. We all came in here by unction and direction. We made decisions. So the people that are here tonight and any other time, they didn't come by looking at you or interviewing you. They came by directive from him. So here we are. We're like people that are signing up for citizenship, or they're signing up for, you know, for for anything. We're a a random group that, that God has put together. We have some things in common, but on the other hand, we're very diverse, very different backgrounds, different situations, just the whole spectrum, even in this room. And yet we're family, by the definition of the Word of God. But... Our neighbor lives next to us, and they bought the house by random, and I'm not necessarily close to any of my neighbors, or you necessarily, so I don't necessarily put the same work into that as I would put into you. Since God has chosen you and chosen me and chosen us together, there is an assimilation, there is a relationship that he wants us to embrace that is beyond casual, beyond beneficial, in other words, I'm going to make friends with him so I can get a ride home or, or whatever. None of that's in the, in the mix. We're here. And, because, and if we can't love each other or relate to each other in a family sense, then the Word tells us that we don't know Him. No, we can't go out and love the world if we cannot even find the, the, the mercy of God for one another whom He has chosen and put together. So we begin that in our relationships, our blood relationships, our family at home. In chapter um, 3, verse 14, it says, uh, "'Who praise the Lord for this cause? I bow my knees unto the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, of whom the whole family in heaven and earth is named.'" So there's a family here, a family connection that God's interested in. He's talking about family, and, and there's a lot of definitions about that. There's a lot of ways you can you can define it and relate to it. But one thing that we've got to do is we've got to understand that, for, that in, in a level of some kind, we are in a covenant relationship even here. It's not that you can't leave. It's not that you're marked if you do leave. It's that for this season, for this time, this is who God has given you to, to embrace and to love and to protect and supply. You know, I got kin folks. I got cousins. I got brothers. I got, you know, those people like that. And that's who I pray for, not because I know them better than I know you because I don't, not because I love them more than I love you, because I don't, but because that's who God has put in my life, the family sphere. In other words, he's got to have somebody looking after everybody, and so he made families to make sure everybody would get attention in him. So it's not because you feel affectionate or they do something for you or you have a lot of uh, 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 like interests. It's because you are family. Therefore, I'm going to give to myself to you, in God. And therefore I am assured that God will be able to raise up somebody to give to me what I'm giving out. So we don't earn it. We don't we don't uh, labor for it. It's a part of just who we are. So it's a covenant relationship. And I want to tell y'all I Debbie and I love this church. You may get different signals at times, and you may hear things that make you question that or make you wonder about that, but just let me set the record straight. It's just not so. If you ever get anything in your, in your little punkin head that says, he doesn't like me or he doesn't love me or this isn't it, you're wrong because I love you. I love this church, and I love every single person that God puts in this church. It just, It's just what you do. You know, when when you as a grandparent, when you get a new grandbaby, you don't check them out to see if they're going to pass the, you know, the Jones test or the Smith test or whatever. It's done. It doesn't matter who the father was. It doesn't matter the circumstances about conception or how they came or what color they are or how many fingers. It doesn't matter. All of a sudden, there is acceptance. There's an embrace there, and it's over. Just looking at him, looking at her, the test is passed and it's done. We're locked in. Do y'all understand? And the Lord wants us to go beyond that blood thing that has a, has, a, has, a, uh, has a return on us, a natural return, and invest in His family. And I'm not saying that we have to embrace in that same dimension First Presbyterian or First Church of Christ or whatever, but at this level, God's called us as a family to say, I love you just because you walked in the door and you sat down in the same room with me and we're drinking the same cup and eating the same bread together. I love you. And it's faith. I hate clicks. Do you all dislike clicks, where people bunch up? It's not that we care about anybody bunching up, but it's the rejection that it puts off to others that aren't in that bunch up. And we all grew up in school, so we know what that stuff is. We know all about the playground thing and the church there is no place for it in, in the church, but we have to work at it, and we have to say, Lord, the life of excellence is a church family that I can mess up, and I can shine, and it's just okay. I can prophesy, you know, and just say, like Abraham, who took the animals in the ark? Just, just mess up royally. Just blow it wide open, you know. Actually heard a prophecy where somebody talked that very said that very thing, and they actually PS'd it. They, they shut down the prophecy, and afterwards it says. God's, what did he say? God's instead of Abraham. Correct to the prophecy. You know, you just go, oh, that's just so bad. But in, in, in the family, you just can't mess up. It's just, they're not going to go over and snicker and talk. We're family. Are y'all here? Now, you, there's a lot of attributes that we don't have as a church that we would like to have and just lots of things that are, that are in churches and everything, and you go, why don't we have this, that? So, you know, what you can't do, you just forget about, and what you can do, you put on the life of excellence. And we've got each other, and there's something inside of us that needs to come out, needs to be poured out, needs to be put on somebody needs to be uh, changed in us by putting it on somebody, we ought to start in the household of faith. Isn't that what Galatians 6 says? Especially, give, especially in the household of faith. We are that household. So we are having a life of excellence in the household of faith here at Word of Life Church. And I'm telling you, it doesn't matter who comes in and how they're dressed. It doesn't matter what race or what age or what background. You know, if two boys are coming in holding hands or two girls are coming in hugging, you know, we just, and they sit down and say, teach me, pastor, love me, family, we're already there. We're not deciding and looking at them and counting the toes and seeing if it's okay. We're just like, you're here, we're here, we're doing this. I tell you, it, 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 it gives you a life of excellence. Amen. Let's stand up together this evening. Let's raise our hands before the Lord Jesus, and let's take on the life of excellence by faith. Let's change our mind right now and, and put best in front of good. Hallelujah. Lord, I want heaven's best. Lord, I want your best. Lord, I want to be an example of your best. I want days of heaven in my life. Lord, I want demonstrations.